Good morning. This is AB, and this is the Talk About God podcast. And um, I was reminded this morning of Saul, who became Paul. Um, it wasn't so subtly either. It was in the book of Acts, um, because I continued on from the story of Stephen, the first martyr, um, well, the first to die for Christ after Christ, right? Um, I feel like Jesus was the ultimate martyr, um, but to be martyred, you have to be martyred for Jesus Christ. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but anyway... It said, the first, excuse me, it wasn't the first mention of him, mind you, Um, but it begins, in Acts 8. And it's talking about Stephen, and it says, And Saul approved of their killing him. So we know that Saul was awful. Saul, um, his story picks up in Acts 9, where it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way... Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So, instead of reading this, I'm just going to give you um, what I take of it. So, basically, he gets hit with the light, all that fun stuff. And he's like, immediately, who are you? And Jesus like, it's I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now go into the city and wait, and I'll tell you what to do. So he does this. And he gets there, and Ananias, and I'm confused by this too, because I know there's an Ananias and his wife later on um, that pop in. For a different reason. But they both end up dead. But anyway. So he gets there. And. Ananias. Come here Poppy. Ananias. Was. Um, told in a vision. To go and. Bring him back. Like. Like go, I'm sorry, not bring it back, he was told by God to go find Saul, said he's staying here, go, go find him, he has been told that a man named, he's seen in a vision that a man named Ananias is going to come and restore his sight, so go do that, Ananias, this is what I love about, I love about God, and I love about just, it's real, It's so real, because what does Ananias do? Of course Saul's reputation has preceded him. He's been running around persecuting everyone 
who so much as mentions the name Jesus Christ or breathes a word of it, like, he, he's been putting him in jail. And he sat there and approved of Stephen being killed. So now he's gone so far as to put him to death. So word is spreading fast. So like, there's no way it's not. He is the ultimate of Pharisees. He is the Pharisee's executioner, is what he is. Um, bounty hunter slash executioner. He is a hot mess and whatever. So, it's a lot nice. like, uh-uh. <laughs> Heck no. I ain't going. You know what he does? Do you know his reputation? Do you know what he's been doing? And what I love is what God says in return, which is just, he's my chosen instrument to bring the news to the Gentile. And of course there are a few other groups, but I'm always like super happy when they say Gentile. Um, and that he is going to show him what it means to suffer for his name. Um, I don't think that this was suffer in the sense of like, this is going to be awful for him. I think it was suffer in the sense that we are all meant to suffer for Jesus. We are meant to do it with peace that passes understanding and the fruits of the spirit, right? Joy, patience, kindness, peace, um, love, all, all of these things that don't make sense, that are not, um, situational, right? That's the joy of God that in a situation where we should be devastated. That's not to say that we don't get devastated, okay? We just don't sit there. We don't get to sit there. We get pulled up by our heavenly bootstraps and we truck on. Um, So it was really nice. It's nice to see that. And then, naturally, Ananias does what he sold, right? Um, And he does go and... um, he heals him and like scales fall off his eyes and he immediately Ananias baptizes him um, and all of that and then he just he trucks like he does a complete when I say 180 I mean man is changed man is new he goes and starts preaching the gospel the thing that he would have killed anyone else for he himself goes and he does it with a vengeance he does it in a way that is completely free of um, fear from what it says and so he starts getting a reputation again only this time it's hey isn't that the man that was persecuting um Jews isn't isn't that that guy um what like everybody starts to notice um for different reasons oh my goodness fighting with the dog and their collar but anyway everybody starts to notice Lord thank you for this coffee so he naturally goes um, to the disciples at some point in Jerusalem he gets there and when he does, the disciples are like, uh-uh-uh, <laughs> you ain't staying with us. Hey, no. Nah. We know your reputation. But I believe it. I believe it's Barnabas um, that takes him in. And 
what have you and actually gives him a shot and by the end of it they do learn to trust him he becomes a very valuable disciple um, because he becomes Paul and Paul writes a lot Paul does a lot he traveled a lot he is um, he was very instrumental in me sitting here today um, I love him because he was so messed up like I need I need people to understand the gravity Saul was evil Saul was taking the word of God Saul was a Jew he was one of the Jews that were held in the highest esteem he was a Jewish priest which was a Pharisee he was a Levite in descent right he was a Pharisee I'm pretty sure don't quote me on all of this because I don't know for certain that he's a Levite and I'm sure somebody at some point is going to fact check me and or the Lord will uh, so but still I mean in Jewish culture to be a Jewish priest you had to be a Levite um, in the Levitical law I think he does give his heritage at some point I think Saul actually does state it so we'll get there and I'll point it out when I get to it again it's been so long but it's bouncing between the Old Testament and the New Testament I just needed a little hope right a little reminder in this crummy world um, not just of who God is but of what he's done right and what he's done for us and through us so Saul is always a good um, pick-me-up I guess because to me Saul shows that you're never too far gone right Saul was the worst of the worst of the Jews the worst of the worst of the Pharisees who put Jesus to death Saul was the worst of them he was the one who actively was seeking to find these people, round them up, put them in jail, and put them to death. That was Saul. And it took one, one seemingly innocent, small encounter with the glory. That's what it was. The glory of God that blinded this man. One encounter with Jesus in his full glory to help him see and he was never like his vision his actual physical sight was never the same again like he his eyes were forever changed um because of this at least that's what scholars believe i don't know but it would make sense to me that god would leave him at with a forever reminder of what got him where he is right um, but there's a song, I think it's I Am They that sings it, um, The Scars, and it's I'm thankful for the scars, because without them I wouldn't know your heart, um, and all kinds of stuff, it's amazing, uh, I absolutely love it, but, um, it's like that, like, every scar I have, I, I have a memory that goes with it, and I know what got me <laughs> those scars, and what mistakes and you know situations and whatever got those and they are a reminder 
but they're also a symbol of hope that I survived these things, right? Like, these things might be permanent in markings, but the depth of them wasn't permanent, right? They're now just like a flesh wound. Um, so anyway, I think that Saul becoming Paul was instrumental for the Christian faith. One, it ended our persecution that was like hard for, um, because it does say for a while after that, the church had peace, um, which is nice. Um, it's really nice for the church to have peace. I feel like we've kind of gotten complacent, to be honest, in our peace lately, and we've forgotten, um, exactly why we're here. And when we stand up, which we need to stand up, um, we're going to lose some of our peace. And the enemy is going to rear his ugly head, which he already is. We're just not doing anything to fight it, which is awful. Um, but we have to. We have to protect our rights that God himself gave us. Not man. God-given rights. Freedom to protect our family. Freedom to have whatever religion. That's the thing. Whatever religion. Not pushing Christianity on other people. If you don't want to hear it, please tune out. Um, but we had the ability to all have our faith and the right to pursue happiness. And happiness to me is not the same as happiness to someone else. To someone else, my happiness, where I am home 98% of the time, and I get out on occasion to run my errands and do my visiting and whatever, that happiness to me would look like a gilded cage to someone else. And that's okay. It's totally okay. Because we're not all the same. And someone else's happiness where they're going 24-7, trust me, I've been there. I've tried to live that life. I thought it would make me happy. It didn't. It made me miserable. And it nearly wrecked my marriage. We don't all operate the same way. And it's okay. And I don't have to agree with you in order to still love you. True words, yo. We don't have to be the same cookie-cutter little people to be a part of the body of Christ. I am a... I don't know. I don't know what I am. I don't know that I'm a hand. I don't know that I'm a foot. Maybe I'm probably the gallbladder. The, the one organ that's not absolutely necessary. Um, and when it acts up, can be removed. <laughs> Maybe that's what I am. I don't know. But we all are different parts of the body. And they all act differently. So anyway, that is my uh, swing sermon, maybe, for today. But I just, uh, I don't know. The world is making me weary. And I know I'm not alone. So just know that you're not alone either. I feel it too. I think that a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ feel it. I think that we need the Holy Spirit in a huge way right now. 
And I think that we should all be actively praying to receive it in a huge way. Um, because I think that's the only way we're going to get out of this mess. Is a true revival of the church. But anyway, that's just personal opinion. Take it for whatever you want. I can't care. I still love you. I pray that you have a blessed day. Um, I will gladly take prayers. I don't want to get in depth with all my issues, but yeah, I'll take prayers. And I thank you so much. And just try to be thankful. Get in the word. I notice that being thankful doesn't leave room for being all pity party and down on yourself. Um, so even when it's hard, I will thank God. I know I've said it before. I thank Him for the awful stuff. For the crappy situations that He's put me in. Because in the act of thanking Him, I start to see it for what it is. And, you know, they all have different things. But it's opportunity to overcome. It's opportunity um, to grow. And to learn from him, which are always good things. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Lord, thank you for this day. I thank you, Abba, for these little birds that are so happy this morning. It has done nothing but rain all night, and it is cloudy, but it is warm. And I thank you. The skies that you paint for us each day are breathtaking. I thank you that you never cease to amaze me. I get up every day and I just see a stinking tree and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I see a whole bunch of trees and I'm even more amazed. You, you provided houses for these little birds. You gave us shade. We use them to build our own shelter. Like, just, it's insanity. It's insanity. But I thank you. I thank you for my home. I pray that soon you um, help me to realize why you gave me such a ridiculous home. You bless me. How about that? Our goal is to have a, uh, a marriage Bible study where we can actually have families gather in our home maybe once a month or once every other month or something. Um, there's something special about a full house. I always love it most when it's full of my family, right? Um, but there's something special about hospitality. And so I just pray that you be with us in that. Um, really help me because it's not, <laughs> not something I'm good at at all. Like, I just, I struggle with it. I struggle with allowing people into my space. And then I have, um you know, a limited amount of time that I can actually handle it with grace. Um, which is funny because I know what some people have said 
that would contradict that statement. Um, but anyway, I'm glad that you helped me hide it well. And I don't know. I just pray that you do with me in this day. I know I've got a lot to get done as always. And I thank you because you are always with me, working right alongside me. And I pray that you help me to do everything to your glory. God, I love you. And I thank you for Jesus. And it's in his amazing name I pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Get in the word. And uh, when in doubt, be thankful.